So one thing I hadn't focused on was a Chisojo ministry that you saw. That was a village ministry that we were we were invited out there and spent ten years planting that church. And uh, we uh, today it's being watched over and pastored by two graduates of uh, the uh, Bible College, East Africa Baptist College, there at Gospel Light Baptist Church in Kampala. And uh, those are the ones you saw on the video, and they've gone there and started that church again. It had been closed down for some time uh, for lack of someone to watch over it, but they have started the church, and they're seeing people saved and baptized and people coming to the even the midweek services. So it's been a blessing to hear what the Lord is doing out there. If you turn in your Bibles to John chapter 17, John chapter 17. I've been taking this furlough to focus a little bit just on the scriptures and what the Bible says about itself. And this is the 20th mention in the Bible of the word scripture or scriptures in John chapter 17. And we'll just look at one section starting in verse number 11 of John chapter 17. chapter 17 and verse number 11. One thing that uh, I'd like you also to pray about is that the church there in Kampala is actually starting Faithful Word Publishers. And uh, you could even jot that down and people want to pray about that. Faithful Word Publishers is being started uh, by James Pridgen and the church in Kampala to print uh, ministry materials, gospel tracts, booklets, curriculums for Bible colleges, uh, that not only for their ministry, but for ministries all over Uganda and uh, could go beyond. So pray about that. Uh, they already have the building basically set up. Uh, they put uh, concrete block instead of wood because of the dangers of fire. And uh, so that has been all revamped in one of their office buildings. And I believe the print shop is nearly finished. And so they'll start looking for digital printing equipment and uh, things like that and see just what's possible to do right in the country. Uh, rather than having somebody print it here and then pay for shipping and all of that, uh, there's a lot we can do right there. And so if you would, uh, be in prayer about that. But that's exciting to know that maybe someday we could print booklets from this translation that's being translated right now and possibly even full Bibles. Uh, John chapter 17, verse number 11, And now I am no more, Jesus prayed, in the world, but these are in the world. So he's praying for his followers who will remain. And I come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And that's one of 12 times that the Bible puts those two words together in a verse where Scripture is being fulfilled. Verse 13, And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldst keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. We noticed in this passage several words repeated, and ten times the word world comes up, and 
several other words of note. Evil is there. Lost is there. Kept is there twice. Or keeping is there also twice. Keep or kept. And so these key words kind of lead us to uh, understand this passage. And I'd just like to look tonight at It's going to be a comforting thought. It may not sound like it at first, but the title is The Son of Perdition That the Scripture Might Be Fulfilled. The Son of Perdition That the Scripture Might Be Fulfilled. Let's pray and ask the Lord to bless tonight. Father, as we look at your word and realize, Lord, everything happens for a reason, and you allow things, you even give us things that will turn bad and turn the other way, Lord, for a purpose. Tonight, as we consider the Scripture being fulfilled, I pray that you'd help us to see in our lives the consolation that's there for us as things turn around and get turned upside down, as we've seen in the last few years in this world. Lord, we're not of this world, and we're glad that the Scriptures are being fulfilled. Help us to have an eye for that and to see what's happening around us that we might have your hope in our lives, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. In verse number 12, we find that one disciple, Judas Iscariot, was lost. He's called here the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Perdition means utter destruction or loss and eternal damnation in hell. And so I'd like to just look at three things tonight. First of all, consider these comparisons. Consider these comparisons. The disciples were to be saved and kept, but he was lost, according to uh, verse number 12. One of them is lost. The rest, the disciples, were not of the world, but he was of the world. The world hated the disciples, the rest of the disciples, but not him. They were to be kept from evil, Jesus prayed, but not him. They were to be kept from destruction, but not him. They were to keep their place, but not him. He was to lose his place. And they were to be one with the Father and the Son, as Jesus prayed, but not him. As we consider these comparisons, we see that there was a difference. You know, all of them were given to Jesus by the Father. Jesus said that a couple different times in verse number 12. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition that the scripture might be fulfilled. You know, without that, without these comparisons, what would salvation be? If no one was lost, why would salvation be so great? If no one was serving the devil, why would it be such a great thing to be one who faithfully serves God? And the Apostle Paul said there has to be wrong doctrine for us to really appreciate right doctrine. And so there's, it's given for a reason that the Scriptures may be fulfilled. Thank the Lord uh, that we can serve God. We can be numbered amongst His own, the ones who will be kept, the ones who will be preserved. But let us remember there's a purpose and a reason for those who turn the other way. Secondly, I'd like to consider his companions, his companions. There's only one other time that this phrase, son of perdition, is used in the Scriptures. Look, if you would, to 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2. 
2 Thessalonians chapter number 2. And we'll just look quickly at several of these scriptures here. And it says in verse number 3, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, notice verse number 3. I'm sorry we don't have time to look a lot at the context, but I think you'll pick it up here in verse number 3. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day, the coming of Christ, shall not come except there come a falling away first, that the man of sin be revealed. Notice he says, the son of perdition. Now Judas, Jesus said, was a fulfillment of the Scripture. And this next son of perdition will also be a fulfillment of Scripture. Daniel 7.25 describes it this way, And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times in the dividing of time. And so look in uh, verse number 4 of 2 Thessalonians 2 where we are. He says, Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So this is satanic. It's just the same as when it describes the fall of Satan. He wanted to be God, basically. He wanted to be above God. He wanted to sit on the throne of God. And so this son of perdition is simply an agent and the vessel of Satan, which is the same method of operation Satan used in the Garden of Eden when he was in the serpent and said, Ye shall not surely die. When God said, The day ye eat thereof, you will surely die. Look in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 where we are. Look down in verse number 8. And notice it says, And then shall that wicked be revealed, capital W, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Destroy there, talking about perdition. Verse 9, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. That's again perdition. Because they received not the love of the truth that they might be Saved. Boy, what a glorious word, to be saved. Be saved from all of that, all the working of Satan, all that deception, all that delusion. But Judas was no different than this. If we look back in John chapter 13, in the chapters before we came to chapter 17, Jesus is more specific here about Judas, who he's speaking about that will betray him. And in John chapter 13 and Let's read in verse number 26. Judas's work was closely associated with Satan. Verse 26 of John 13, Jesus answered, He it is to whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, notice, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, That thou doest, do quickly. Now we are left to figure out which scripture is being fulfilled in the passage of Tonight, John 17, but in John 13, he speaks very clearly about he that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me, and that's easily found in Psalm 41 and verse number 9, life of David. But it may be in John 17 where we are that the fulfillment of the scripture about Satan fighting against God, it might just be for all of time. It might be all those scriptures that point to that great war between God and Satan from the time that he was cast out of heaven 
in this great spiritual war that he has been waging. For Satan has many sons that will go to perdition with him. It's interesting that the word perdition and destruction is the root word for that uh, angel of the bottomless pit in Revelation chapter number 9, verse 11, Apollyon. Jesus called even religious leaders that would have been considered by the world as good men, he called them children of their father, the devil, sons of perdition. That's because sinners, no matter how good we become considered to be, we're still sinners. Thank the Lord for salvation that changes that status from sinner to saved sinner. The Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes 9.18, Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroyeth much good. And so tonight I just want to simply consider this comfort. We considered the comparisons between Judas, the son of perdition, and the disciples that were going to be one with God and going to go to heaven and enjoy eternal reward. We uh, considered the the fact that Satan was, uh, or that Judas had companions that were satanic throughout the scriptures. But consider finally the comfort. We look at all this and we may find comfort or we could find torment in it that even one that the Father gave to the Son was a son of perdition that the scripture might be fulfilled. We can get an idea of which scripture uh, is fulfilled. If we look ahead, Judas in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 20 was going to be replaced by the apostles. In Acts chapter number 1, verse number 20, it tells us when they chose his replacement, what they were following, which scriptures they were following. Acts chapter 1 and verse 20 says, For it is written in the book of Psalms, Let his habitation be desolate. And let no man dwell therein, and his bishopric let another take. Well, there's two psalms that follow that. Psalm 69, verse number 25 says, Let their habitation be desolate, and let none dwell in their tents. And Psalm 109, and verse 8 says, Let his days be few, and let another take his office. And so we see that the scriptures were to be fulfilled. And if it happened to Jesus, it can happen to those who follow him. If the scriptures comforted Jesus, and it was a comfort to him that this one was there in his midst so that the scriptures could be fulfilled, then it can comfort those who follow the Lord Jesus. There are things appointed to us that we will not understand necessarily except we go to the scriptures. That's the only hope. That's the only comfort. That's the only thing that tells us the future, the scriptures being fulfilled. I'll never forget, uh, probably, the day that I was given orders to go appear at the court and uh, appear before this one that was suing me for uh, different things. And, you know, just, it's just several different scams that they've come up with. <coughs> And had to go appear there, and, and it came another time, and they said that we're thinking of throwing you in prison, you've done this, and it was just a false accusation, and that came out and turned out and understood. Then we uh, got the paper one day that said we were being sued in small claims court for a contract that was unfulfilled, and there was no such thing, but had to go to the court and, and, uh, and 
be a part of these hearings, and so I went to the court, and the my wife had seen when it first started that the that small claims court couldn't hear that type of contractual dispute. So we knew from the beginning it wasn't qualified, but the judge wanted to hear it, and so he uh, called that first meeting, and we went in, and the, the man who had uh, filed the case didn't show up. He was 45 minutes late. Well, that morning, my wife was praying, and even the fellow missionary that was with me, he prayed that this man would be confused, that God would trouble him, that things wouldn't go right, and sure enough, he wasn't able to get there in time, and the case was dismissed, but he had an opportunity to refile it. And so he did, but when he did, he lied to the judge about why he missed. And uh, he was fined for that, had to pay me costs and different things. But we went through that for eight months, 10 different hearings. We were now in Kampala. We had to drive six hours round trip to go down to Masaka to be a part of this hearing. And you say, what's the purpose? What's the point? I don't know. But I know the scripture's still true. We went there one time. I was with Pastor Ellie, and uh, we drove down and went inside, and the judge wasn't there that day. So we drove three hours, walked in. They said, judge isn't here. We have to reschedule. Give us a date that works for you. Okay, all right, you can go your way. Come back another day. And uh, so we went back out to the car, and we sat down, and he was discouraged. He said, Pastor, what's the point? What's the use of all this? And I said, I don't know, but Romans 8.28 is still in the Bible. And this is working together for good for something. And he was just so impressed by that. We went back to Kampala, and soon after that, he preached a message, and he preached the whole message on Romans 8.28. Broken down by point, it was an encouragement. It was a blessing. I thought, if that's the only reason we had to go down there, there you go. The Scripture is doing something in somebody's life, and it's a blessing. But it's more than that. And when we just realize that everything's for a purpose, I was talking to two pastors the other day. I'm still calling for meetings. I've never been this far behind, but well, maybe I'm sure I have, but it doesn't seem like it. I'm calling for meetings next spring and summer. And uh, I talked to two pastors, and both of them said, yeah, the last couple of years our church has been through it. We've had this person turn on us, or this person just got angry and blew up and left, you know, and did this or that. And I was just shaking my head. I'm like, yeah, the last couple of years have been rough for everybody, I think. It's just common. It's just society is struggling. Everybody's struggling. But, you know, people are watching what we do. One pastor said, you know, last Sunday that man that blew up and left, he was back in church. He said, my dad had told me it would happen. He'd come back, and sure enough. He called me and said, would it be okay if I came back to the church? And I told him, hey, you're welcome anytime. And I thought, what a blessing. Restoration. That's what it's all about. We've all messed up. We've all tripped. We've all done this or that. Just to be restored. Just to acknowledge, okay, I think that wasn't quite right. Let me get that right. What a blessing. What an opportunity. Well, we went through those 10 hearings and eight months, and there was always this fellow that was sitting beside the judge. He was the clerk. He was always gruff. I mean, business to the point. He'd holler my name, and that's the only thing he'd say to me any time, and he would just sit there and, and uh, write his notes and talk to the judge. And got to the end, and uh, I went in for the last hearing. I had written a letter asking the judge to enforce his ruling to have that man pay some of my costs just because he had chosen to do that as a punishment. I thought it was worthy. He was not repentant, and, and so they did that, and Went in for that last hearing, and I walked up to the office of the clerk, and I peeked my head in just to let him know I was there. And he looks up from his work, 
And he says, Peter said, well done. Went back to his work. <laughs> Immediately, the Lord spoke to my heart like, wow. Just keep going. Just do what you're supposed to do. Just be a Christian and just keep doing what is before you. People are watching. I thought, Lord, someday. Lord willing, maybe. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And that's our hope, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. Would you bow your heads? Close your eyes just a moment as we pray and think about what the Lord has before us. Maybe you're facing a hard time. Maybe there's been a medical diagnosis, or maybe there's been a relative hurting, or someone turned against you that the scriptures might be fulfilled. God is good. He gives us hope. The scriptures still work. God is still there. We just need to keep pressing on. We'll get to the other side that the scriptures might be fulfilled. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love to us. Thank you for the blessing of knowing that we hold your word in our hands. How dear and precious is that? Your very words to us, your message to us. Help us to pay heed to it. Help us to read it each day that we might glean from it, learn from it, and we might be directed by it each day. We might walk according to the scriptures, that the scriptures might be fulfilled in our lives and help us to remember when things turn against us, when things go awry, when governments change, and we see Satan working actively and very visibly. I pray that you'd help us to remember the son of perdition, that the scriptures might be fulfilled. Bless as each of our situations are brought to that light and help us to continue in faith and hope in our lives. Keep moving forward. Bless tonight in every need that's represented here in every life we pray in Christ's name. Amen.